Dylan Titus. How you doing today? I'm doing all right, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I just realized one last thing was shut the thing up. Okay. Yeah, I'm doing well today. How you doing? I'm feel I'm feeling a little black and white. A little gray today. A little gray today. Yeah. Why are we gray gray today? Well it's a pretty gray day actually today. It was. It was very gray, uh rainy. Uh but that's fine with me. Dreary. It's it's currently uh we're into the beginning days of December. No snow yet. It is 43 I'll... degrees outside. Ooh. Just dreary enough. It is dreary enough. Yeah. Cozy. It's a little cozy. It it's is a nice. cozy day. It's a cozy day for watching a movie. A cozy Connery movie. Mm. Sorry, I didn't... I didn't a cozy Connery movie. Work. That didn't work as well as I thought. I, was, I meant that to be like our live from New York. It's, it's Saturday night. night. It's Connery <laughs> Curious. Featuring Chris Kattan. Wait a second. Keenan Thompson. Sean Connery. SNL. I don't think he's ever been on SNL, has he? I think we would have caught that in the list. Well, I mean, we, he was famously uh, imitated in Celebrity Jeopardy. Ever really? Sorry, I'm having trouble typing. Um, he never actually appeared on the show. Yeah, so never was. That would have been fun. That would have yeah. been so fun. Yeah, I mean, we. I guess we could. The closest thing we could grab from his history on TV is like his late night appearances. He's been on David Letterman a few times. I think. Carson, Johnny Carson. Mm. That um, clip of him uh, entering the studio through the, like, like sneak break, breaking into the studio, excuse me. Oh, with the uh, jetpack? No. Well, yeah, that's a good one, too. But there's one where he's like, he has to, he's like, do you really think you can break into the NBC studios? He's like, ABC, <gasps> NBC. Oh, well, yeah. I can break into them all. <laughs> oh, yeah. We might, we might have to cover those those uh, um, those episodes of late night. It'd be fun. Why not? I'm not opposed to do it as a yeah. Why not? Yeah, yeah why not? Yeah, why not? He's he's appeared. It's something he's appeared in, and you know sometimes because I remember he had like because that whole thing with the jetpack thing, he did not like that because he had to like hang on the ceiling attached to that for like five to ten minutes before they brought him down. Oh no! So I guess when he came back, you know. Letterman made a joke of it, kind of like you know, basically, do you still hate me? Whatever, He's like, oh, you know, I've gotten over that type of suppose. But he was at the time pissed. I can but, imagine. But but he obviously sold it. He came down on the jetpack and like, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, YouTube it. Let's look up Connery uh, Letterman jetpack and like, he came down in the Thunderball jetpack and he had like two girls like help him like unbuckle it was probably the coolest entrance i've ever seen in my life so it was cool that he was like cool enough to agree to do that i thought that was really cool but uh well mario why are we talking about sean connery today uh, because 
Ladies and gentlemen, this is Connery Curious, the podcast where each week me and Dylan Titus go through every single film in the amazing filmography of the late, great Sir Sean Connery. And today, what are we watching today? Today we covered 1961's The Frightened City. Mm, a crime drama. A British neo-noir gangster film directed by John Lamont. Written by Lee Vance and produced by him and John Lamont, John Lamont and Lee, Lee Vance, excuse me. Starring Herbert Lom, John Gregson, Alfred Marks, <coughs> Yvonne Romaine, and Sean Connery. And I'll tell you what. What, what will you tell me? What rot- will you? Rotten Tomatoes, we have, we have no score for this meter. Uh, o- audience score, though, did it give it a 30%. Uh, not a ton of reviews, but a lot of the reviews I was reading uh, seemed pretty positive. A lot of it kind of saying, like, you know, a low-budget but interesting enough British gangster film with a few names of note. Uh, a lot of people kind of saying it's a, a London film that, like, should get more attention. And I agree with that. I thought it could get some more attention. Uh, so there's not a ton of um, big, you know... Uh, critique of this film uh but it seems like the most uh the most like top um sorry reviews i can't talk today some of the better some of the better top reviews uh seem to be liking this film uh so uh, i so i think i disagree with that uh that score um Mm. because it should at least be over 60 or 70 i think because i think it's a good film it's not the best but i think i think it was a very fine film we'll get their scores later yeah, in the episode of course uh but yeah frightened city 30 percent audience score on rotten tomatoes i disagree with that as well it should be higher than 30 percent. absolutely won't say how much higher we'll get Just we'll higher. get to that yeah we'll get to that um, so yeah, should we should we get into it? Because it's I, I kind of searched around, kind of hard to find a plot for this film mm. to read off of. The uh, um, Wikipedia uh, page is very short, only giving us uh, a little synopsis, the cast, a little production sentence, the release, and uh, the reception of the film. So there's not much on the wiki about it. Well, there's uh, a decent one here on IMDb. Written by Nufs68, N-U-F-S-68. Shout out. Um, I'll do the trailer voice, though, first. How about that? Trailer voice. A small-time thief is recruited by a mobster to help with the racketeering. That's right, Sean Connery's doing the trailer. Oh, wow. This is is a, a rare treat. He does. I've got to start again now. I distracted myself. I'm so attractive, I distracted myself. <clears throat> a small-time thief is recruited by a mobster to help with the racketeering. He doesn't like the job, but with the mob on his back, a femme fatale in his bed, and a sick friend to care for, he will have to keep all his wits about him. Hmm. Very good. Very good. His witch. 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 Which one? Uh, Funny enough, that is a great um, segue to my very first note. 
Give me uh, a very first note. I can't stop now. <laughs> I'm done. This this film, the film has a lot of SHs in it. Just because of how the microphone is kind of set up, every every S is you know what I mean? Mm. Like everything had like a weird like like th- th- this microphone needed a bless you. This mic Oh, it's three of them. Oh, the fourth? A fourth one. One more? No? Okay. We're in the clear. We're in the clear. That's <laughs> uh, But yeah, just everything uh, sounded like it had an SH in it, which was uh, uh, hilarious to me. Hmm. I didn't seem to know. I didn't seem to notice that. Did you watch with headphones? No. I watched, I watched with headphones. it with my surround sound. Yeah, I had a headphones. Maybe that's why I caught it more. It's just like everything like is like put a compressor or something on that. You know, I, I, maybe I, I, your I, headphones. Maybe you've been listening to the music too loud, and your headphones are trying to tell you. <laughs> because I just this this watch has been beeping off the hook, saying you need to turn your music down. Really, it tells you that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Maybe I need to get one of those. It tells me how long I've been standing or running or exercising. The one Nicole has can uh, analyze her heart rate and, you know, make medical recommendations based off it. What? Uh, I was just at a family party on Thursday, and um, one of my uncles showed me. He noticed mine. He showed me his, which is much bigger. It's a, a like Apple Watch Pro or something. It's massive. <laughs> it's like and the it, Pip Boy from Fallout. It's just exactly. like a giant thing. Well, I haven't watched the trailer yet. We'll talk about it. Um, oh yeah, no Pip Boys. I'll, I'll say that. Um, so far, so far. Uh, but he said uh, the watch had saved his life because he didn't know that he had, he had AFib. AFib? Um, uh, a- oh, what did I just do? Oh, I'm still on logic. That's fine. Okay. AFib stands for atrial fibrillation, which is a type of arrhythmia or abnormal heartbeat. AFib is caused by extremely fast and irregular beats from the upper chambers of the heart, usually more than 400 beats per minute. A normal, healthy heartbeat involves a regular contraction of the heart muscle. So, Damn. Yeah. Or his watch. His watch. Yeah. Like, gee, that's crazy. So, yeah, it's definitely the future. There's a lot of things in here that I'm... And with the new, I got an iPhone X, which is even a few models behind. But the things on here that I've been noticing. Look at the size of that thing, though. Insane. Look at that. Yeah. And like even like, you know, just little things like you can see how it puts it puts the time behind our faces there. Oh, that's so cool. It like finds a way to like crop yeah. you out and make like it a different the layer. Thing on the watch. So it changes. Every time, like you put like a, a set of pictures in there, and it'll kind of change every time you're. Yeah, you can you something. can put a set of twenty four pictures on the, on that watch face. I've got the Donald Sutherland one. I've got, uh, but then there's also one that will like pick a random folder, like like at, at at random it'll just pick a folder like of here's a group of or not even a folder but like a group of things like here's pictures of your cat. Or here's pictures of good food you've eaten through the years. Here's all the dick pics you've ever sent ever since high school. 
<laughs> Whoa, how'd that get there? Sorry. Uh, anyways. Anyways. <laughs> speaking of di- speaking of dick pics, how about this movie, man? <sighs> Shall we right, get lost, into it? I lost the plot on that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it started by talking of the, that the whole movie has uh, S-H-ing in, in, in it, for me. Mm. Anyways, from an audio perspective, because yeah, I let's do it. I heard it, watched it through my headphones here, and uh, yeah, this seemed like a little, little sh in there. Okay, shall we get into the film? Let's get into the film. Okay, um, I'm gonna go by this uh, IMDb summary from Noofs sixty-eight. Shout out to Noofs sixty-eight. Let me share the screen with you so you can see it. In London's West End, crooked mob accountant Waldo Zernikov meets with gangster and nightclub owner Harry Falcher to create a new, a new crime syndicate. Waldo suggests that Harry recruit the five most prolific mobsters from the West End and create a syndicate with Harry as boss. Every member of the syndicate would still control his usual territory, and they would all evenly divide the profits after paying Waldo his customary 20% fee. During a meeting, they all agreed to the plan. Their racket is the protection business. They force many small merchants and business owners to pay a monthly protection fee. Most victims comply out of fear. Those who refuse are intimidated, beaten, or have their business vandalized by hired thugs. The police does what it can to stop these acts, but the resources and manpower are stretched to the limit. Detective Inspector Sayers is in charge of the West End Rackets investigation, but witnesses are afraid to talk to the police. The crime syndicate has has had some initial success, and the money is flowing. Former cat burglar Patty Damien Connery is recruited by the mob to act as the syndicate's enforcer, his girlfriend, Sadie, is an attractive blonde, but he prefers to court nightclub singer Anya Bergoden, who is Waldo's mistress. <clears throat> Ever more greedy for money, Waldo wants to go into the big-time rackets and start putting the squeeze on major co- construction companies and land developers. <clears throat> Excuse me. Upset about this, one member of the crime syndicate, Alf Peters, quits the group. Annoyed by his departure, the other mobsters start a gang war against Alf. When the war escalates, the government takes notice, and the pressure on the law enforcement forces the police to arrest them, then recruit Patty Damon to rat on the syndicate. Its days are numbered. Okay, that wasn't really the whole plot, but that's really all we're going to get, I guess. Yeah, I guess we can just kind of discuss uh, things we noticed about the film and all that. It's an hour and 35 runtime. Yeah, rough ninety eight minutes. Yeah, so uh, not 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 too long of a film. Ninety seven minutes. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, black and white film. Uh, is this that's, our? That's why we're in black and white today. Is this our third black and white film? Let's go through. <clears throat> so, we've got Action of the Tiger was in color. The Hill was black and white. So was um, so the frightened city is chrono- chronologically our first black and white film. Then we've got the longest day, yes, and the hill. So you are correct. That is our third black and white film. Let's go. Let's go. 
Um, yeah, do you have notes? Uh, the, the, uh, my, I, I opened with a question. Did the black and white um, affect your uh, score at all? No. I, I, I enjoyed this black and white film. I think the other one, like with um, The Hilla was fine. The Hilla? The Hilla. The Hilla. Uh, the, uh, what's, what's the other one? Uh, Longest Day. Um, being the other one, that one, black and white war films, I kind of get out of it, you know, but this one added to the, cause it's not like they had, didn't have the technology, right? To be, um, no, col- color, color. Films existed. Yeah. So it's like, I think it was a more of a artistic, uh, decision. Action, Action of the Tiger was, was four years before this film. Yeah. So, so like, I don't know if that's in the, um, trivia, but yeah, I feel like it definitely, uh, added more. So Wizard of Oz. Oh, true. Yeah, was thirty-eight, right? The, the one that blew our minds with, well, blew their minds. We we didn't exist then. We we, we weren't even a thought. Thirty-nine, back then. excuse me. But yeah, when was um, Gone with the Wind? What was the first color film? Hmm. That's a good question. What is the first color film? Hmm. A visit to the seaside, nineteen oh eight. Oh wow, nineteen oh eight. Really? Damn. Oh wait, La Vie and La Passion de la. Jesus Christ, 1903. Uh, partially hand-colored. Huh. So, yeah, it's, it's, you got the hand-coloring. Okay, so... so A couple yeah. of lost films. Anyway. The first yes. natural color feature film made in Hollywood is The Toll of the Sea in 1922. Hmm, okay. Oh, wow, hold on, I'm going to share a screenshot of it. Huh, okay. Right. Interesting. Oh, here it is. Yeah, look at that. 1922. And what vibrant colors as well. Right. With those cherry blossoms and whatnot in the background. That's so cool. Yeah, that must have blew people's minds. And even then, they was trying to kiss women that didn't want to kiss them. <laughs> wow. Oh, tremendous. Tremendous. What if we just skipped right over here and... Uh, Connery? <laughs> Imagine. Before he was born? There yeah. wasn't no... There wasn't no... Actually, I made... Um, so our first, our Connery sighting, first Connery sighting, I have marked down at 22 minutes, 24 seconds, but at least two I have 40, time, 42 seconds. 42 seconds? Yeah, I have 22.42. Really? Yeah, really. Did yeah, you, really? What are did, you going to do did, something about did, it? Did you count it as soon as it panned up? Uh, as soon as we saw that it was his face. And yeah. and that was all one pan. It was like uh, two seconds. It wasn't long. Because he does the he does the flip, and you see his feet, and you go up. As soon as I saw it was his face, I I clocked him at twenty two twenty four. Interesting, hmm. interesting. But we'll meet in the middle at like thirty. No seconds. Let's. Pr- that's such a big gap. We got to prove it right now. Hold I'm on. Lo- I'm Hold looking on. up. I'm I got lo- it right here. Oh, that that's Darby O'Gill. Okay, hold on. Were you watching on VLC? Yeah, I got it right here. Twenty-two, twenty-four. 
Okay, my bad. Twenty three forty two. Can you what, see it? What am I doing? Yeah, me too. Twenty three forty two. Well, I gotta write that in my notes just just for the heck of it. All right, so twenty three forty two. There we go. We were both wrong. Okay, well there we go. That's hilarious. It's always funny that we always have like weird times, but then like this one was like the most off one we've ever done. That's hilarious. Mm. Uh, but yeah, my note for that was I, I, I miswrote at least three times because a couple of like characters from far away looked like Connery. Mm. Like when I first go back to like have that like that scene of that the meeting or whatever in the beginning, I'm like, oh, here's Connery. Oh wait, no, that's not him. Oh, there's Connery. <laughs> nope, that's not him. Because he's so young in this, and uh, uh, he looks slightly—I think it's the hair. The hair is slightly different than what we've seen around this era. First film where he wears a hairpiece. Really? Yep. According to IMDb trivia, of course. Interesting. It's not a great one. I, I think it looks think. pretty good. I don't know. I feel like he's had fuller headpieces. Trying to find a good uh, picture of him. So, can we talk about the video you sent me? <laughs> yes, of course. tell that i was <laughs> so it seems to be like a new uh inside joke on this podcast is to find a way to incorporate herbie the love bug <laughs> and so the opening scene is uh you see a gentleman being like chased down an alley by a car and when we ultimately the car ends up backing him into a corner and ramming him but yeah. right before it hits him that's their our cut to credits it's very tense yeah it's like a it's our it's, it's a our very good cold open yeah it's yeah it's our it's our mobster cold open but like when i saw the car you see only see the bottom the wheels of the car and it looked and they go round and round yeah and they go round and round but the all through but, the town but the body of the car looked like a volkswagen to me so i was like that's hilarious so i just thought of that clip from the love bug where he's chasing Peter Thorndike uh, after he's beating up his driver and he chases him like around a field and makes him jump over a fence. And I'm like, this this needs to be in this. So I made I made I made a Herbie horror movie basically, where Herbie is chasing this guy down an alleyway and ultimately killing him. So we'll uh. we'll be sure to put that on Instagram for everybody to enjoy. Herbie the murder bug. Herbie the murder Herbie bug. Herbie the death bug. Which, funny enough, there's another Herbie clip that we can... Again, we got to go to the marathon. Uh, the, the remake, there Holy is... Herbie. There, there is a... Uh, there is a, a, a... There is a fight scene in an alleyway involving Herbie uh, that could be cut with this movie as well. It's, a, it's a, as good as the Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning one. Oh, yeah, it's... Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, it. You'll you'll see. You just have to see. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to doing. Uh, what are we calling it? Is it horny for Herbie? Or is that what it's called? Horny for Herbie? I thought it was called. Uh, I thought you had another name for it. I forgot what it was. A helping of Herbie. A helping of Herbie, or like the uh, the uh, Herbie. 
I don't remember. Folks, write in. You said it in a past episode. It was like hunting for Herbie. I feel like it was something no. that. Herbie. Handling Herbie? Handling Herbie. That's what it was. Yeah. I think it was yeah, handling, handling Herbie. Herbie. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense because it's a car pun, too. And we're handling all the movies because it needs to be done, frankly. At this point, yeah. It's like because I have. I talk about the movie way too often. Those that collection of movies, and I make references to it all the time. Like I quote that those movies, and no one understands. So you will understand after this, Dylan. You will understand. To it. It's gonna be a blast. Oh, Monte Carlo, The Empire Strikes Back of every movies. Anyways, let's get back into the Frightened City. Well, immediately after Herbie, it cuts to the Naked Gun. The yes. credits of the Naked Gun. Yeah, and that's now, how the movie ends take, too. I'm gonna take that and and put that uh, together at some point. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da. Yes, so good. So that's my first note, and and the music during that credit sequence absolutely slaps. Yeah, I have I have a lot of notes about music actually. In, well, it was uh, done by Nori Paramore. That's who did the music for this. Paramore. Exactly. Hit that snare. What is that? Is it a line from the song? Yeah, like the right at the beginning. It's like it's like it's like old like 50s sounding music, like a version of the song, and you hear Haley Williams go, hit that, hit that snare. Then it goes, bah, da 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 then it goes into the song. Huh. Iconic. I'm a paramore mark too, apparently. You're what? You're a what? Oh, sorry. Wrestling terms. I'm. I'm like. I, I keep. I keep forgetting who, who I work with. Podcast wise, I'm not your Andrew Lima. Yeah, I, I forget who understands wrestling terms and who doesn't. And Andrew Lima doesn't understand what a Sean Connery is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll do the impression for him. He's like, "What? What is that supposed to be? Shrek? <laughs> <laughs> who is that? Andy Dick?" <laughs> It's a great Andy Dick impression. Jeez. Never heard anyone do one before. Um, my next note is that this film is very mean to women. Oh, my God. I have, like, like, like one funny thing about this. I, I wrote uh, after... It's around the hula scene. When we see the girls at the club dancing the hula. Yeah. I have a couple notes about that scene. One, I said, I love pervy guys with monocles. Because that yep, would make me have, laugh. I have two notes on this scene as well. Or it's yeah. just like him, just his, like oh, his monocle, literally. Like, I, okay, so I call it the ogling scene, and his he ogles so much that his monocle falls out. <laughs> like, what a pervy fucking scene. Those oh are my, my notes God. on that. Continue. Uh, yeah, so that, yeah, there was that, and I and uh, a music scene. Uh, I thought that guitar solo in that first song was ripping. You kind of hear it in the background during the um, the conversation with between I forget which characters it was, but I'm like, I never wind it. I'm like, I'm like, this guy's shredding kind of like a uh, surf, surfy kind of uh, after the hula part, not after I laugh at love, right. It was the first song playing, so is that the first? It was the hula song. Okay. okay. Yeah. So the first one, if you listen to that 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 scene back, 
Uh, that guitar solo in that same song is ripping. It's crazy. Uh, and the whole, that whole, the whole, a lot of guitar work in that was like really good. But like, yeah, a lot, a lot of good music in a lot of these scenes that kind of dip in and out here and there. I agree um, with you. I wanna, I wanted to talk about that because for our Sir Billy Connery Curious wrap up event, for which I think I have the perfect venue. Ooh. Um, I do think we should. I want to play music live with you, man. Even if we don't have any original stuff ready, I think this is a good opportunity to just play a night of covers, all songs related to the movies that we've seen. And I must say, uh, I Laughed at Love is a decent song. Mm. I laughed at love until you came along. I laughed at love, no you to prove me wrong. And... While um, maybe uh, for an actual live setting, it's not the smartest choice to do a song that is a full number and it's beautiful, and then when the singer steps off the stage to just do an instrumental version of that song, that's probably not a smart thing to do. Um, You should probably go into another song, some other kind of song. Mm. Um, But uh, I must say the instrumental version of it also slaps. So Mm. I think those are some potential, you know, Again, you know, Diamonds Are Forever, Shalico, uh, From Russia With Love, um, Goldfinger, and I Laughed at Love. And we had, to put, we had to put in, which we still got to finish. I think we, I know we started recording it. We, st- we have a version of the 007 theme that is yet to be finished. Oh, yeah, we can do that, too. With, with so some really ripping dual guitar solos. In one thousand percent, and Chris Hunt on the drums. Chris, yeah, there we go. Oh man, that'd be a that'd be a that'd be a Connery supergroup. I I think we can do this. I to think, be honest, it's, I, I, th- I think, I think so. it'll make for a fun event. Oh yeah, we we, we keep throwing it into the universe. It's gonna happen. It, it is gonna happen. We, it's we've happening. Got, we've got how many films left? Forty three of of seventy four. So we've got thirty one films left. That's you know. Just just over half a year. Oh man! You know, by by the end of the summer, we can have a good event going. Let's go! I'm ready yeah. for it. Me too. All right. Um, my next note. My next note is: I can't wait for the rapidly approaching day where these kind of men no longer run the world. Mm. Anyway, um. <laughs> You want to talk about the Kiss avatars? Oh my god! <laughs> that is I, my next note after that. Is because I'm like, oh, these men running the world. Everything is just the interests of money. And you just the thought about Kiss, Kiss avatars. Oh my god! So yeah, can we? Do, yeah, so uh, explain it to me. I watched that video three times. I still understand what's going on. It's it's a it's like a it's like a Fortnite concert, right? Like the same gonna, idea. I, I think it's going to be like 3D projections and pyrotechnics and whatnot. Like it's holograms? It's going to be a live experience. So, like, yeah. So, so, it, so you go to a venue to watch this? Yeah, I'm guessing, because that's what the ABBA thing is, except you can only go see it in England. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, like, they're, like, never going to stop touring? There's going to be a digital it's, band? 
that just makes money all the time. Because like the gorillas kind of did that first. Like I don't know if you're a fan of the gorillas. Like they were they were always known as it's like just a one dude, right? It's really just no, one dude. No, no, I think it's a few guys. I think it's a few guys because 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 they have a lot of features and stuff like you know different rap artists and stuff that come on their stuff. Uh, I mean, George Benson did a song not too long ago, like uh, with them. Um, but like, yeah, when they were live, they kind of had like the because their personas were like cartoon characters. They, they were like they were like Pink Floyd. You never really saw what their faces looked like for years. Um. So like that stuff's Wait, what cool. What are you talking about, Pink Floyd? No, the gorillas are like Pink Floyd. Like casual Pink Floyd fans have, didn't know what Pink Floyd looked like. Like the actual guys. What are you talking about? Their very first record has their faces on it. A lot of guys, a, a lot of people I know don't know what Pink Floyd looks like. If you, if you told anybody, hey, what is if I, if I give you all right, if we're talking about a band that people don't know what they look like, why don't we tie it into the one that we were actually talking about, which was Kiss. Yeah, but I mean, because yeah, they, they went, they went the first ten years with makeup on, and then in 1983, they're like, okay, now we'll take makeup off. And there's that newspaper clipping of like them labeled, and they're even not labeled right. I think, I think Paul Paul's name is under Ace's face, I think. And, and the funniest versa. part of that is, it's, it was Vinny and Eric at that point. Oh, it was Vinny and Eric? That's right. Uh-huh. Oh my God! Ace and and Peter took off their makeup, and it's Vinny and Eric. <laughs> like, who the hell are these guys? Um, but yeah, it, it's a stupid idea. Like, like just just stop playing, dude. Yeah, I I mean, like 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 Ru- you... Rush was smart enough to like Rush. Rush has gotten to that point too, where they're kind I of. I saw a video this getting... morning where they're considering getting bringing other drummers onto a tour. I wouldn't like that. I no, would. I wouldn't like that either. Even though I, I know oh, only guy, to... only guy I would allow it to be Brian Guy, of One's Will. He's the only yeah. one I would I would allow because he to me, I'm not, I'm not even saying this to like blow smoke up his ass or whatever. But he, he is Neil. He but, plays just like Neil. Uh, but like hmm. other than that, like who who are you gonna get? Freaking. Uh, you know, they they were considering Taylor Hawkins before he passed. You know, like just um, just don't don't play Lars anymore, Ulrich. dude. Oh my God! Imagine Lars playing just playing YYZ, s- smash yeah, smashing away on YYZ. That's and it's, exactly it, what I was thinking. But but it's the drums from Saint Anger. It's a trash can snare. Oh hey, my God! Honestly, I like the sound of those. Of those it's I, I think it's grown on me. It's as, twenty years old. As I, as I've gotten older, I'm like, okay, it's not too bad. Um, okay, so uh, then I started writing down phrases from the film that made me happy. So I'd like to read off a few of those. Bring it on. That's okay. Villains. We've got another film where everyone's referred to as villains. You surprise me muchly. Top jollies. Knock up a few tearaways. Lively with the kosh. And tanky Thomas. Mm, Pre-Thomas the Tank Engine. Mm. And then another quote is Sean Connery's first quote. Nah, no thanks, Wally. 
Oh, and another great quote. Hi, Salty. Hi, Sandy. <laughs> ah, Salty and Sandy. Neither are too happy, really. <laughs> right. uh, one of my favorite quotes that, um, I don't know if you caught this. I forgot what scene it is exactly, but I wrote down, Mario, Mario, these oranges are fine. I'm in this movie for a second. What? Where? When? I, 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 I gotta, I'll skim through and find it, but the guy's like, Mario, Mario, these oranges are fine. What are you talking about? I gotta find the actual scene. But um, I, I perked up because I heard my name, and I was like, wait a second. We get a Sean Connery shower scene. Yes, and him uh, kind of singing. He's, like, He's humming. Patty? Oh, hey! <laughs> Are you decent? Never more than I need to be. <laughs> I like that quote, too. That was kind of fun. That was charming. Uh, let me see. Then uh, there's a quote where he says, uh, "He, but I'm a climber. Um, and he is, as we find out, in Five Days, One Summer. Yes. Um, and right? also later on in this movie, uh, I have a note, uh, Spider Sean. <laughs> yes, he does some terrific climbing in this. Mm. Which we will get to. Um, so his partner in crime, Wally, who uh, is on the crutches. Um, as soon as I learned that his name is Wally, I just started calling him Walter Jr. Well, <laughs> nice. Nice connection. Um, and, and I want to replace his lines of dialogue with Walter Jr.'s lines from Breaking Bad. <laughs> Um, but he also looks exactly like Lehman Kessler from Ask Lovecraft. Okay. Have you ever watched any of those videos? Never seen those, no. Um, do you know my... The track off of Flavor is called Scrambled Eggs. I think so, Where yeah. a man reads a poem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wrote that poem, but he read it. Ah. I sent it to him, and I'm like, can you read this? Really? And, uh, he gave me two takes, and I chose the more lighthearted one, but I have a menacing one as well. Um, nice. And he looks very much like this this man, um, which is played by Kenneth Griffith. Hmm. Let me see. I'll, I'll pull up a pull up a side by side picture here for you. There's Wally. Yeah. When he shows up at the prison. This is Lehman Kessler. Oh my god, yeah. Oh, that's tremendous. Oh yeah, I see it. That could be his son, jeez. Right. And he's a mayor of he's also the mayor of Gambier, Ohio now. Oh wow. Yeah. Anyway. Definitely check out his video series Ask Lovecraft. Absolutely. Real fun stuff. Anyway. Hey, Lehman. Lehman, if you're out there, congratulations on all your success. And uh, I hope you and your family are well. Anyhow, shall we continue? Yes. What else do you have for notes? 
You take it away. So, son. so speaking of him, son, I don't know. I just called you son. <laughs> Maybe you're rubbing off on me because I call everybody son a lot too. How you doing, son? Well, um, you know what? I think it's time we tell everyone. Mario is my son. What? I know people know me as the vasectomy guy, but it was after I made Mario. <laughs> he saw how I ended up. He's like, there's no way anything else is coming out of again. The, never again will anything come out of me like and that. after 30 years, I finally had the courage to express it in a music video. Yeah, it's kind of odd, too, because we're only a few years uh, apart in age. And he's older than me. <laughs> I went back in time to try to stop myself. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw Mario and I said, I'm going to impregnate that man. <laughs> so, and then Mario gave birth to himself years later. <laughs> Whoa. Very first self-impregnation. And if you don't um, go back in time next week, you're not going to be born. Oh, man. Uh, anyway. Um, so I had like a, I didn't actually have a Wally note. Uh, which Dude, is give me your Wally note. I'm still trying to I, skim. I, I haven't f- really watched all of Wally. You ever seen I've Wally? I've only seen the first half of it. Wally is bananas to watch uh, nowadays. It's a it's a Wally, not a banana cue. It's a Wally, not a banana cue. Um, that I want that scene where it's Roger Moore and Desmond Llewellyn watching Wally, and like <laughs> they come in, like the, the, whatever her name is comes inside, like it's they've been in there for like seven hours watching Wally on repeat, like oh. We've been doing all night. I love the sound effects of Ben Burt. He's <laughs> watching Pixar and movies. And I didn't together. think he would be such a talented director. Uh, I'm trying to find that orange scene, too, when they say my name. I can't find it. It's going to drive me insane now. I'll find it later. Give me a note on Wally, though. Uh, so, Wally. So, uh, uh, so a note leading into a note. Uh, does this count as a Christmas film? There's a Christmas party in this movie. When? Isn't there oh, Christ- at, at Connery's house? Yeah, the, the, the first at shot is a, is a Christmas tree, and I was like, oh, I didn't realize this was around Christmas time. Well, I guess it, I, maybe it counts. What so, other Christmas movies are on our list here? I don't think Let's we really see. have many. Hmm. Sean Connery, Christmas. Um... Last Christmas, a reading by Sean Connery. Oh, no, that's fake. The Christmas Dragon? No. Hmm. This may be the closest thing we get to a Christmas movie with Maybe. Connery. Maybe. Hmm, perhaps. Uh, so my note there is uh, when we find um, kind of towards the end of the party, when uh, Patty is uh, making out with uh, Sadie, Correct? no, he, he's Anya. Anya is the Anya. The yeah, other he's girl. ignoring Sadie. S- Sadie Anya. is the girlfriend. Anya. Anya is a very beautiful woman, by the way. Gorgeous. Yvonne Romaine, as is Olive McFarland as Sadie. Mm-hmm. Oh, she was in a uh, couple of Elvis movies. Uh, Yvonne Romaine, cool. Um. So, yeah, after uh, when Wally kind of walks in on them. Wait a second. Ooh. She's in action of the tiger. As who? As Katina. And you know who else is in action of the tiger? Sean Connery. Well, that as well. <laughs> Herbert Lom. Interesting. Who is, is technically the lead of this film. But also, I've got another note here on Yvonne Romaine. 
She married Leslie Bricuse in 1958, who composed the musicals Stop the World, I Want to Get Off, Scrooge, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and was also the lyricist for the songs Goldfinger and You Only Live Twice. What a connection. Yeah. And have you ever heard the story about the composing of Goldfinger? No, do tell. Do you know who one of the first people to hear uh, that song before it was like finished? Who? Michael Caine. Really? There's uh, you got to watch on Prime. There's like a uh, documentary. I forget what it's called exactly, like the Sound of James Bond or something like that. But it's a documentary oh, about the music, and Michael Caine's in it. Tells a story about uh, him composing Goldfinger on a piano. They were roommates. And so he kind of came in. He's like, what are you playing there? It's like, I'm working the song Goldfinger for a James Bond film. And so Michael Caine, uh, who we obviously know as a good friend of Connery's, um, was one of the first people to kind of hear Goldfinger as it was kind of being written and like demoed. Uh, so that's a fun little little tidbit. You got to watch that documentary. We got to mm. watch it together. You'll enjoy it. It's really good. Hmm. Also, oh, I knew about Jimmy Page, but I didn't know John Paul Jones were session music. Both Jimmy Page and John Paul Jones were session musicians on the soundtrack to Goldfinger. Oh, no way. Yeah. That's another fun tidbit. See, look at all the stuff you guys learn here on this mm. podcast. Anyway, so yeah, so she's also in Action of the Tiger, as is Herbert Lom. Do you remember who Herbert Lom plays in Action of the Tiger? I don't. Trifon. Oh, yes. And uh, it's he, he's a wickedly comedic turn as Trifon. Everyone losing their minds. He's so funny as Trifon. I remember. Even though he's just a pervert. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the same thing with this movie. He's a pervert. He's an evil pervert in this movie. <laughs> evil. Evil pervert. What do you think of that new Dr. Evil ad? Uh, that's been uh, around for a while. You, you've been around for a while. Thank you. That was uh, <laughs> Super Bowl last year or the year before? Because there was like a whole thing. Super Bowl two, Dylan. That's when that was. <laughs> Super Bowl two. And it's 246 now, so... <laughs> Catch the fuck up. Uh, but anyway, it's, it's not... also a bi-weekly event. <laughs> <laughs> but As was... in we have two every week. But there was like there was speculation. Obviously, it was only a Doctor Evil. But I was like, oh man, is Mike Myers going to don the uh, blue uh, outfit again as Austin? And we didn't get to see Austin, but it was nice to see a little Doctor Evil action uh, nowadays. It was pretty fun. But uh, kind of weird, uh, doesn't really help with continuity. If you're a big uh, Austin Powers fan, at the end of Goldmember, Scott Evil. Scott's evil. Yeah, yeah, so why is he back to like normal? That's what I want. What? That's the next movie I want, is I want Scott Evil to be the, the villain. And then Dr. Evil and Austin have to team up. Yeah, something like yeah, something goofy like that. Or like, you know, I also like the idea of, you know, the Austin Powers movies are always him adapting to like present day. So I think even like Austin Powers in twenty twenty four or whatever would be crazy. Well, you'd have to address James Bond. Yeah, he'd address all that. He would address like just, uh, just like you know, women of power nowadays. Like it'll be 
I think it, I think it could be a very interesting movie to see these days. And I want it to be like Never Say Never Again, where it's like an aging Austin Powers. Mm. And he's still like, you know, in the 60s. He's but, a horny old man. Yeah, so that's that's what we need. He's man. a six, He's in. He's in his sixties. He's not in the sixties. He's in his sixties. How old is Mike Myers? Mike Myers in a, his sixties. Is he in his sixties? Let me see. How old Gotta he is. be. He is. Uh, he is sixty exactly. Okay. Yeah, that, that that that's the poster right there, swinging in his sixties. That's the poster, and it's just him with the classic pose, but he's like older. And a little or, no, it would be his swinging sixties. His swing sixties. Give us a call. Austin Powers on her, on her swinging sixties, on Her Majesty's swinging sixties. Oh, oh my God, that'd be so good. Yes, yes, that's wow. Because oh, what else? What other titles would you go for? Because they they parody the Spy Who Loved Me and um, Goldfinger. Goldfinger, and then International Man of Mystery is kind of. Like, um, it's kind of like Honor Majesty's Secret Service. A little yeah. bit, yeah. Uh, yeah, you have to do something. Like, in, they called the movie within the movie uh, uh, Austin Pussy. Austin Pussy, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you could do, if it's like Never Say Never Again, like, I'll never, like. No, it wouldn't be like that, though, because. Yeah, well, I'm trying to think not of. Because it's not official, quote unquote, even though those movies draw mostly from the unofficial Casino Royale from 67. Sh- shag Another Day. Mm, no, uh, that would be terrible. Let's uh, go through. Hold on. Let's just go through them. Um, I, I like that one you just did. So. Honor Majesty Swinging 60s. Yeah, that's probably what it would be. Um, I, I could see them uh, doing one of the um, live and let shag now. One of the Craig ones, like if we did like something off, like like one of like the uh, like single word, like Skyfall or Spectre, like maybe one of those. Shagfall, no, shag- none of these work. <laughs> shagfall would be hilarious. Shagfall. <laughs> Like that's his old like shag. Oh my god! Because he's losing it as he gets older. He's losing his mojo again. Shagfall, or shagfall could be like his old like that's like his like his child like that's Michael Caine. One more movie. Michael Michael Caine is dying, and he got he has to go back home to shagfall. Yeah, there we go. No time to shag. Or if Michael Caine he retired, so like I mean they could just have him be like. Like Connery in the in the Indiana Jones movies, where he's a picture or something, but like it'd be nice to have like one more with him and Kane, and like Kane, it could be in you know, like five minutes. That's all we need him for. But he's at Shagfall, and like Scott Evil's Scott Evil like wants revenge on Doctor Evil, and because technically it'd be Doctor Evil and Austin Powers like childhood Scott. home. Yeah, so that'd be their home. So like Doctor Evil would be like Judy Dench. We've got a we've got a team up to defend our home. Otherwise, my crazy son is gonna blow it up. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, like our home is groovy, man. We've got to do it for dad. And they go they go under like and like it's just like Skyfall and like Doctor Evil dies like Judy Dench. S M. I think it'd be perfect. That's and a, Austin that's has a, to mourn the death of the brother he only just. Has recently he spent most of his life fighting in the last half, the last 
third of his life getting to know. Yeah, I think at this point in that movie, he'd have had a pretty, he's probably had a long standing relationship with him. So they're like probably better now because like it's been how many years since Goldmember? I think that's a, that, that's a tremendous idea for a, for an Austin Powers movie. You heard it here first the Connery Curious. So if they take that idea, we had it first. Austin Powers for on on Her Majesty's Swinging Sixties. On Her Majesty's Swinging Sixties. I love that so much. I gotta write that down. <laughs> oh, imagine a scene. I want to be like No Time to Die when he goes to like a, a storage unit. And he pulls off the uh, uh, the cover, and it's the sh- the Shagwar again. He brings back the Shagwar, and he goes to like go meet with Basil Exposition. Is he still alive? The guy who played Basil? Yeah, Michael York, I believe so. He's still around, right? Yeah, so he can do one more, huh? Yes, but he's looking real rough. Oh man! You see the pictures of him? Let me see. Yeah, I got you right oh, here. Yeah. Uh, oh, he is. He is old. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe someone takes over for Basil or something like that. Yeah. Nothing against Michael York, but he's just. I, I he doubt doesn't he's... look like he'd be in a healthy condition by the time it comes around. Yeah. Or if it does come around, you know what I mean? <laughs> Just put Ray Fiennes in it and like don't even acknowledge it. Like, Ray Fiennes is Basil. <laughs> That'd be so funny. Oh, um, my God. And then get Daniel Craig in there in some degree. I, honestly, that... Put, put it be... in the Knives Out universe. Oh, my God. That'd be so funny. And Yeah. Austin and and uh, Doctor Evil have to go to America, and it turns out they cross paths with Benoit Blanc. Oh my God! That would be anyway. anyway this is getting ridiculous. What are we twelve? All right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well. Yes. That's why you were wearing a Wolverine shirt. Exactly. Um, I, I'm surrounded by action figures. Exactly. Um, what boring dance choreography? Anya is taking her dance class. It's just like, you know what I mean? It's it's the most boring dance choreography I've ever done seen. Mm. Oh, I never got to hit my note that we originally were trying to hit. Hit your note. Um, ah, ah. Uh, a minor. Um, okay, with Wally, when he walks in. Uh, can't hear it. Oh, I think, right? Closely. I have my guitar near me. That's tuned down. Um, so okay, yeah. When uh, Wally walks in on um, Connery, uh, Patty uh, making out with Anya on his bed. Um, when they're talking, you hear the party happening in the other room. Wait, when Wally walks in, you mean? When Wally walks in, and then yep. like, and they like, and then she, and then Anya take, please excuse me, and she takes off. And they're like, he's like, ber- he's like berating Connery for you know doing that, blah blah. blah. Hmm? For cheating. 
for cheating yeah um so you hear the party happening in the other room and it sounds like a classic like laugh track from like i dream of genie or something especially when that guy walks in with the constable helmet i love it <laughs> and it's like a laugh hey, you guys track. are making a racket in here but it hits as soon as he says it, it hits like a laugh track well i can't explain it hello yeah. hello hello oh, what you do was having a kip in here just coming well, come on, then. So it's really funny. I'm like, what is this? It became like a, a, a comedy. Like, it's like it's just like a, a kind of a bummer scene of like, you know, you cheated on your girlfriend, blah, blah. It's like a laugh track in the background. And it's so distracting. It's like, it's really but funny. It, it also indicates how happy the environment is is outside and it's it's all a facade. yeah yeah it's a, a lot of like interesting i had another audio uh, uh note as well that scene when um everyone's in the meeting room and the, at the bar i believe and they go into the office and that guy and um waldo is listening in yeah i appreciate that transition of audio of like he turns the speaker on he's like i, I want to be able to hear them talking up oh, no problem turns the speaker on and just the transition of the speaker happening and him opening the door, hearing the actual audio of them talking mm. and the door closing and it goes back to the speaker. I just really mm. appreciated that it was like consistent and like didn't like cut to a different conversation. It just yeah. sounded uh, concise and like perfect. So I was like, I, I appreciated that as an audio person. I, I wonder was if like, it was just the, like live onset audio. I wonder, yeah, it's but well, it was just mic to the room outside of that office, and then had it feeding to that that little speaker, and yeah, possibly, yeah. But I just like I, I appreciated that for for what it was. I thought it was really cool. Um. Okay, I I've got another quote here. Exchange a little saliva with Senor Sanchetti. Did you catch that one? Oh, yeah, I caught that quote. That one is, is by Detective Inspector Sayers. He's like, ah, let's go exchange a little saliva with S Senor Sanchetti. <laughs> Who, you think, he's supposed to be American, right? I think so, like, yeah. He's an English actor. And he was born in England, died in England. But, like, I feel like he, he's, got an, he's got an American accent. It really sounds that way. What? No writs from indignant villains? Stating that by arresting them while beating up some poor old cripple, I was unlawfully invading their privacy. You surprise me, Sergeant. You surprise me muchly. Hmm. Um, I also have a note that Alfred Marks, who plays Harry Fulcher, the, um, the boss who gets Connery involved into it, he looks like Walt Disney. Hmm. I can <laughs> see that. into last week's episode. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, there we go. Walt is everywhere. Um... I liked I laughed at love. That's a good song, and we should do it for our for our, our uh, Sir Billy Knight, a Connery Curious celebration. Yeah, there we go, our Connery Curious celebration. A Connery Curious celebration. The <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's a Connery Curious like finale, basically. Yeah. Live and in living color. The triple C. Um. Then Connery says, I'm going to take you on a mystery tour. A magical mystery tour. <laughs> um, okay. The, that, 
party scene, if it was a Christmas party, when everyone leaves and Wally gives uh, Patty some shit, Patty closes the door and he, like, holds his head in his hand and he's like, ugh. And Anya goes, is it, do you have a pain in your head? And he goes, no, a bit further down. My penis is hurting. <laughs> like, I'm assuming he's talking about his heart, though, right? Yes, he's definitely talking about uh, his heart. Like, but, like, all of a sudden he's like, yes, Because they my, start making out afterwards. My left nut hurts your penis. Do you want me to suck it? No, it hurts. That's what I was I was saying. I, I think I should probably see a doctor. <laughs> Non-gonococcle. Non-gonococcle. Haven't heard that one in a while. <laughs> oh, my God. Instead of that liquor ad where it's young Connery and old Connery, that's the situation. Young Connery from this movie visits old Connery from a good man in Africa. <laughs> <laughs> so you have pain here? I should put lower. Cut to the office, and, and black and white Connery walks into a color room. <laughs> Did you not see the line? <laughs> well, yes, but I just thought I'd, I'd skip the bloody queue. <laughs> I never skip the queue, 007. <laughs> I never joke about my queue, 007. Anyways. Um, rowing machine. Uh, Alf is on a rowing machine before he gets killed, and it reminds me that I need to go work out. <laughs> this whole movie, man, uh, that that whole uh, gym scene, man, makes me want to start working out. The gym reminded me of the gym from uh, Fine Madness a little bit. Mm. Yeah. Like, Back when gyms were just concrete floors. Like a and basement. Concrete, yeah, concrete workout equipment. and. You just like it was just yo. Know, you want to? I bet that I bet that rowing machine was just rowing different bricks of concrete, just pulling <laughs> them closer to you. Concrete and springs. I appreciate what they're trying to do with that uh, punching bag transition. I like that too. Or he, or he, that was it, a nice hit, zoom. Yeah, it hit, hits the hits the the scene, and we go to the next scene. I thought that was I thought that was clever. Because I saw him like next to him, like he's gonna punch that, isn't he? Please punch mm -hmm. it. Please punch it. It was a good it. zoom, and it had to be a zoom because the camera didn't actually get hit. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't fall backwards. Um, yeah, I really like that transition. Um, understand the criminal mind. That's the dark side of the moon, laddie. Dark side Pink, of the moon. There's your Pink Floyd reference. There's your Pink Floyd. And the guy in the scene goes, I don't know what Pink Floyd looks like. <laughs> he goes, well, I, I don't either. They won't be formed for another six years. <laughs> um, okay. When Wally is, goes to the jail to talk with Patty, it's got the worst trope of screenwriting ever. And I wrote it down. As you know, I've been a thief my whole life. As you know, Mario, we've been friends since college. <laughs> this gave me um, uh, the Batman vibes. If the, bat yeah. if the Batman was made in the 60s. It was. It's well. Batman the movie. Well. Um, yeah. so it's also a tremendous. Never know how to do it a bomb these days. You never, you never know uh, where to put a bomb, and he's like running around with the giant bomb. 
now put that movie in black and white. Ooh. Oh man, I, I, it's that I, I'm so glad that show's in color. It's so much fun. Um, now to go back to my first note that this film is very mean to women. Um, I don't really want to get too much more into that, but a, the perfect example is when Patty is like on the run, kind of. And Sadie brings him, like, food and money and clothes. Like, she risks her life to run and... Or, or, like, her freedom to run and get that stuff to him. And... He says... Oh, I'm sorry that I cheated on you, essentially. And she just goes, oh, that's okay. Like, this film is so bad to women that she can't even accept an apology for a legitimate wrong he's done to her. Like, her purpose is literally just to bring him the stuff he needs to finish out the movie, you know? Mm. So, um, yeah, so yeah, this is a problematic film of its time, for sure. Um, uh, problematic now, but of its time, for then, is what I mean. You know what I'm trying to say. Mm. It's not great. Uh, it's a little bit, little bit better than Action of the Tiger, which actually is my next note, um, this is the second film with Herbert Lom and Sean Connery where there's a dropped gun in a fight. Oh, yes. Yeah. Both chrono- chronologically and uh, in terms of our podcast. I'm having trouble saying that word. <clears throat> also, um, there's like a little thing I noticed when she's walking away after she like drops all the stuff for him. Exactly one hour, 23 minutes, 22 seconds. That, share your screen. There's like a... Um, a sign. This is obviously like a a walk through like park. Um, where is it? Uh, max speed six miles six an hour. Six miles an hour. Yes. Like yes. and like I think it says at the bottom uh, sign like like cycling is prohibited or whatever. I'm like, mm-hmm. what if someone's like running through here? Are they gonna get pulled over for like just running through at six miles an hour? But I'm being chased by a murderer. <laughs> well, the murderer is walking, ma'am. He's yeah. observing the speed limit. <laughs> it's like chasing four. He's just following. He's, he's holding a severed human head, but he's not breaking the law. It's like, but you can't. You gotta respect the traffic laws. He could have found that head. It <laughs> was like a little interesting thing. Max speed, six miles an hour. Weird. So you got to go leisurely on uh, through there on a bike. Very yeah. leisurely. <laughs> um, so when he sneaks into the office, that is super Bond. Yes. The outside, because uh, even like the outfit he's wearing, it reminded me of... Um, uh, That's a nice suit. He has like a he has like the raincoat on at first, and it looks kind of like the disguise he wears in uh, "You Only Live Twice." Then he takes it off before he goes in. But it's like the way he takes it off is very like Goldfinger, like when he takes off the uh, the stealth suit and he has the, the white tuxedo under it. Mm. But like right before he ha- he has like a raincoat on, it reminded me of of uh, "You Only Live Twice." It was really cool. But yeah, very very Bond esque. You put some Bond score in the background. Where would there. the Double O Seven? Take selectors theme go. Um, probably in the in in the fight scene afterwards. Probably that happens like a few minutes after. Probably put it in there. Which is funny. My other uh, speaking of like tense bond fight scenes. Uh, the scene he's in. I think he's in that same room 
earlier in the movie, and he touches uh, uh, when they first kind of hang out with him, and he's touching the sword, and he's like, "Try picking that up, you know." And he's like, "Oh, oh yeah, I wouldn't want to hold it for very I long." I shan't. Would like to hold it for very much longer. Whenever he says, "I shan't," he says something weird, like he says it like yeah. really weirdly. But then he kind of he sees like you a sant? you shan't. Uh, he sees the the shield. With yeah. like a little like spike on it, he touches a spike. It reminded me, it's and that's like, what comes back which, into which play, which kills him at the end. Um, but that reminded me of from Russia with Love with the shoe spike. It oh, was, I reminded me of the nail bed wall art from Honor Majesty's Swing in Sixties. Oh. I mean, Secret Service. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where Diana Rigg like pushes that guy into the mm. nails that are just on the wall. Yeah, art. yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, lo- I love the little mask, too. It, but it, in that scene, when he gets stabbed and he goes down, I love the mask. Is this staring down at him? Yes, at the end. I like that. I do have a screenshot of that. And, and, and they hang on it. It's really funny. Here we go. Okay, so let's go through some of these screenshots I have. So, yes, here's the mask. <laughs> I love it. I love that. Which is funny because uh, he has a mask in his apartment that people kind of shit on him for. It's like, where'd you get that thing? I forget where he says who, he got it. Who? For, oh, the, when he first gets to the Christmas party, he has like a goofy mask on his on his wall and says like, "Oh, that's this dreadful thing on the wall." It's like, "Where'd you get that?" And he forgot where he says he got he got it. But he's like, "Oh, don't make fun of it. It's his first time on his own or something like that." I don't remember that at it's, all. It's right at the beginning of the Christmas party. Hmm. Well, let's go through some of these screenshots I have here. I only have six. So this is the opening title of the film: British Board of Film Censors, Three Soho Square, W One Secretary John. Trevelyan, OBE. This is to certify Alec Trevelyan. Oh my God, do you think that was Alec Trevelyan's dad? Mm, maybe. This is to certify that the frightened city has been passed as a more suitable for exhibition to adult audiences. Examiners. TNCNKO, is that what that looks like? A Mawison or Morrison. Of Lambert, of Lambeth, oh, Morrison, F, is that, I don't know. Yeah, Morrison, F, Lambert, president. Lambeth, president, yeah. Anyway, so that's the opening title card of the film. Uh, There's Connery with Cigar. Oh, yes. Uh, This scene right here. There it is. Uh, that, that's my final note. Is uh, come on, boy, 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 come on, boy. <laughs> that's all he says during the fight. Oh yeah. Um, and then yeah, there he is, <laughs> dead. That doesn't look real for some reason. Does that not look real to you? Because I feel like there's something in his back that they put, like like a piece of styrofoam or something like that, to make a stand like that. But I feel like, like look around his legs here. Like, can you see how it look? It doesn't look real. Oh yeah, that kind of looks like a little photoshopped, I guess. But it looks like there's but something in like, his shirt. Like that's... it, like it was a cutout image. Like it looks like this is a cutout image that's been propped onto another image. Like they just didn't get that shot. Yeah, maybe, yeah. It does look a little odd. Yeah. But his shirt looks odd, too, so... Yeah. Everything about that shot is pretty odd. Mm. They don't linger on it for long, so yeah. I have to get a screenshot of it, but... Yeah, so that's pretty much all my notes on this. How about you? Uh, let's see. Let me go through. 
Um, uh, punching back transitioning. Oh, I said, <laughs> I made a note. I forgot which scene exactly, but uh, Connery looks like Jimmy Fallon sometimes in this movie. Like, it does have a bit of a Jimmy Fallon esque look. Like I think it's like a little bit of the hair and the way the suit fits because I feel like he looks he looks very good in this film. He, I feel like he looks a little skinnier uh, mm. than he, obviously young Connor. Uh, something about him looks different, but uh, he gave me a Jimmy Fallon vibe a little bit, or even like a late night host in general, just the way the suit fit him. Uh, mm. Thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, and then I had like one quote, I think. I should really write down who says these quotes. But I'm pretty sure it was Anya with Connery. And there was a... Connery. Uh, um, there was like I think I'm paraphrasing, but there was uh, they mentioned somebody at the party, and I think Connor goes, she has a family tree that's 10 miles high. And oh, she yes, goes, yes. looks as if she just climbed down from it. And I was like, that's a crazy. That I've I've got to use that. Look, she just climbed She's down the from village it. bicycle. Everyone's <laughs> had a ride. <laughs> Sorry. Let's see. Um, yeah, and like in my final, I'm just making sure I hit everything else. I think I hit everything else. Um, yeah, and I think the final one is we'll talk more into it. I said uh, music is tremendous. I music like, is tremendous. I we'll like get that, into that music. So yeah, so that's that's it for my notes as well. I just remembered some things I did want to talk about. Hit me. Can you feel the influence of this film on films like The Godfather and shows like? Breaking Bad. I can see Breaking Bad for sure. Um, I can see I can see Godfather too. Just 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 mobster wise, uh, with that sort of thing. But they got the, the use but of certain shots. It's about the organization of these families to reduce violence, and and then how one of them goes out of out of that and needs to be reined in. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yes, that's why I'm like, you know, I, yeah, I wonder if this movie had any kind of influence because I, I think it's it's uh, one that we should get more eyes on. I know this is a very hard film for us to find. We, we took we, we had a really difficult time finding this somewhere. So if you like listeners have a chance to find this film, The Frightened City from 1961, uh, give it a watch because I think mm. it has some great stuff here. Uh, just like uh, film wise, I love I. I love this. Like this is like one of the first things I saw when I was um, like searching through uh, stuff for the to talk about. I just love the shot of oh, him, shot. of Connery behind the bars and like alone. That's just a cool still image. Uh, I, I think he kind of looks a little ape like in that. A little bit. Like he's sl- Sorry. He's- <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I know that sounds weird. And but it looks like he just like, climbed like down the from exact it. pursing of his lips and like the you know the smile lines and whatnot. You know what I mean? They should have had him in Planet of the Apes. Uh, Forgive me, I didn't mean any offense by that. He just <laughs> and then the fact that he's behind a cage wall, like <laughs> like remember the remember like the, Connery plays Caesar. <laughs> imagine. <laughs> Uh, imagine if, if Connery didn't do uh, Diamonds Are Forever, but they still had that scene of the girl turning into a gorilla. But and it was Connery. It, it's, it's just Connery shaking the, <laughs> the cage, and he gets out, and he chases the people out of the room. Wait till you see me on the moon! <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think this, yeah, this film has a lot of really interesting shots. Like, mm. uh, 
That punching some, bag transition, obviously. Yeah. Is, so as you said, some the, fun, um, some fun zooms on people's faces. You know, I always I, like a I dramatic bet, zoom. I bet that this opening title credits was part of the inspiration for the Naked Gun. I think so too. And funny enough, uh, I'm going to bring him up again. Herbie, the Love Bug. The Love Bug ends that way too. With like when they get in the car and like let's leave, and like literally the end of the end of the Love Bug is they get in Herbie and they take off. And it's POV of the steering wheel driving by itself and nice. it's on a street and the credits start rolling hmm. and i'm like oh wow like maybe it was just like a 60s thing to do like hmm. just have that kind of like cool like car shot where people are like we could start putting uh let's stop putting these cameras on cars and start driving around that'd be that'd be a cool shot wouldn't it be and like maybe it was like a thing a stylistic thing in the 60s because uh, I've I've I mean, seen it, it a it's lot. Always cool. Yeah, it's all, that's always. why GoPros are great. Oh yeah, like, you know? but yeah, any kind of like POV from a car is always going to be cool in the movie. Uh, mm. So I mean, obviously the technology is gone. Bananas, watch any crazy. Herbie goes bananas. Herbie, he he goes bananas in one it's movie. It's a Herbie, not a banana cue. It's a Herbie, not a banana cue. But uh, yeah, um, but yeah. That's that's all I got to say about that for the most part, man. We'll get to our scores a little later, but yeah, yeah I don't great, have a whole great lot looking. more to say about this film. Yeah, I think it's good. We're about to hit like an hour twenty four, almost hitting the exact uh, time of the movie. Yeah, who who's the MVP of this movie? Oh, and actually, there will be some cutout of this. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, can we um, talk a lot of nonsense? We talk a lot of shit about you guys, you listeners. Yeah. Um, oh, how much we hate our listeners. <laughs> no, honestly, we're thankful for every listener we have. Oh, we yeah. love you all. Uh, and yeah. But uh, as for standouts, probably Herbert Lom. I think he's uh, speaking of Herbie, Herbie Lom. Mm. A.K.A. Waldo. I think he's great in this. Uh, Connery um, is also a standout. Um, I really liked Alfred Marks as Falcher. Oh, yeah. He was very fun, too. And I also really liked Olive McFarland as Sadie. Mm. I liked that moment where she leaves the party and she knows that Connery's cheating on her. He says, thanks for the help. Um, Mm. And she goes, yep, weddings, family gatherings, funerals catering specialty and storms out Ugh. heartbroken the worst but then because it's you know you know the kind of film it is she connery apologizes for being a bastard she goes oh you don't even need to apologize i'm a woman in 1961 (laughs) happens all the time i'm just here to bring you money and clothes and whatnot and then as soon as she leaves the scenes, like, are you Sandy? Get in here. We're, we're arresting you. Corroborating or whatever. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. Excellent. <laughs> I got nothing more to say on this film. Yeah, so it, I it, guess uh, that was The Frightened City. And well, I mean, actually not yet because we do have to do our ratings. So well, I, I, I guess I have more to say on well, this film. Well, I, so. I, I, I was getting to that. Yeah, sorry. Let me start again. Do it. Anyways, guys, so that was The Frightened City, meaning after our discussion, we have to get into the scores of the film. Not only the score of the film, but of course the man himself, Sean Connery. The score of the music score, uh, if the SHs, and of course the Shexy rating. Uh, A lot of things to review here, a lot of scores to talk about. Shall we start off with our SH rating? Let's do it. 
The Frightened uh, City. Mario, what is your SH rating? SH, not really there. Young Connery. Really. Clean as a whistle. A whistle. A whistle. Uh, I, I couldn't even uh, think of a word that had a slight SH to it. Still has the accent, obviously. Connery refused to drop his accent in any film. Uh, so I'm probably going to give it a one, maybe a zero. I don't know. I think I think a one is fine. Where I may, maybe I catch you can catch it a little bit, but it's not really there. I'm gonna give it a two because I did notice it at some points. Okay. Yeah, but I think that gives us an average of a one point five, so that that works. That's a know? that's a that's a, that's a fair one. Yeah. All right, our sexy rating. Ooh, a sexy rating. You want to do it? You, uh, you go first. Okay, well, I'm going to give it an 8.5 on the sexy rating. I think that Connery looks damn good in this film. I think that Yvonne Romaine and Olive McFarland both are very beautiful women. I even think Herbert Lom's very handsome. Alfred Marx is very handsome. Mm-hmm. Um, not the toll of the sea, we're not talking about that. Um, but yeah, and, and young Connery just looks damn good. Let's look at a look at a picture of him in here. Um Let's find some pictures of him as Patty Damien. Oh, get that last picture. On close editor. And then the very last one of him sitting down. That one that one's good too. There we go. That's a good shot. Yeah. He looks good. Yeah. I'd be intimidated to hit on him at a restaurant. And look at that guy. That guy came and look up. He's like, I was focusing on his empty he's plate in front of too me. Too beautiful. Too beautiful. He's, scr- he's scratching an empty plate. That- he looks a little goofy with a fedora on. Well, I think uh, it's not his size. I, li- I like him in the in the Bond fedora in Doctor No and mm. Russia with Love. But that one's that one's not his size. He's a bigger fedora. He's a big guy, dude. You know, he's. I love that. I love that little, little kung fu scene. He looks. He is massive. He looks great in there too. Like, look at him. Yeah, him. Him alone, very sexy. But that. There you go. Dashing, very dashing. I'm surprised this. Well, yeah, I'm surprised this. This film should have been like the. Was like the one that was like, yeah, he's got to be James Bond. He's got to be. I. Th- I'm sure this was one of them that led to the. Uh, the choice of yeah because him. him fighting he's like in so many fighting scenes like even dating back to um action of the tiger which obviously he's not a ton in but that bar fight he just has that fighting style of like just that brawler fighting style and they're like yeah that's that's our james bond for sure so i'm sure this film was like yeah he's definitely definitely going to be our in dr no which is the year later so and I'm sure The Frightened City was filming in 1960. Yeah. So enough time for them to take a pick, you know? Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah. Sexy rating, mine, my, my sexy rating is an 8.5. How about you? I think I'm going to agree with you and also give an 8.5. Like, I think Connery looks tremendous. Uh, I was crushing hard on Yvonne Romaine, a.k.a. Anya, because I'm just like, uh, I'm a sucker for like that 60s, looking kind of gal i just like the the hairstyle and like the uh the uh the costuming is great in this movie i like everyone's outfits in these movies um and it's something kind of sexy about an old black and white 
like crime drama. Mm, you know, all, all around it's kind of a sexy feel. Like you know, all, all it was missing was some like it's like it's like L.A. You ever played L.A. Noir? I think we've talked about this before. Um, but L.A. Noir, you know, it's kind of like a sexy kind of mob cop drama type deal. So yeah, it's all around. I have not very, played it. Oh, that's that. That's a fun playthrough. If you it might be able to find it cheap somewhere, it's on. I think it's that came out on PS3 originally or PS4. I forget. PS4, I think. Um, but yeah, it's definitely worth the play, especially with the, the kind of eras we've been like watching these films in. And we, we tend to have the same uh, interest in films, so I think we both would like uh, appreciate that game for what it is. I haven't played it in a while. I got to replay it myself, but it was like one of the first games to really utilize facial capture. Mm. It's a lot of the actors from Mad Men, actually. Oh, wow. So they work great in that era because they were so great in Mad Men. So it's like you'll go into like a uh, a scene and you're like, I recognize this guy's face from somewhere. And sure enough, it's an actor, you know. So really, really cool. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna give this also an 8.5. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a very, very sexy film, and uh, I liked it. Also, to add, I think I would watch this again. Well, real quick, speaking of sexy noir, look at this. When it's in black and white, and I talk and I smoke a cigarette, you see. All right, you just need like a spotlight on you. Isn't that sexy? It's very sexy. Watch, watch here as I inhale. Ooh. Oh yeah, it's cooler in black and white. <laughs> it's way, it's way cooler. Also, I'm smoking a joint, not a cigarette. Exactly. Um, so you would watch this film again? I think I'd watch it again. Yeah, just because it seems like, uh, <laughs> especially with today, uh, we talked about it earlier when we started the the episode. It was a, a co- <laughs> it was a cozy day today with the rain and like, you know, just get all cozy and watch a nice black and white film. It was nice. Um, would you? I don't think I would watch this again. Really? No. But you know what? I I did think as I was watching it. Um, it reminds me a lot of Killers of the Flower Moon. Which, when that is available for home release, definitely watch it. It's very good. Um, but it also reminded me, again, to tie in with our news cycle, of the... Uh, Drumpf trial that's going on right now mm-hmm. of former President Trump, um, and how uh, the you know the 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 bricks are fallen. You know what I mean? I don't really want to get more into it, but it just kind of reminded me of this film. Kind of reminded me of that. Mm. You know how? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you gotta uncover this conspiracy between all these mob bosses trying to stay in power. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, let's get on to the uh, next rating before I get too far down that rabbit hole. So we did our sexy rating. Now we go to our musical score rating. What are you gonna give it, Mario? Uh, I gave it a solid eight. I think it was really good. I think it hit. Uh, it added to some scenes here and there, and just like the music beats of like again. I still can't can't get that guitar solo out of my mind, man. I think it was a great little shred. Um, good music. I think it was tremendous. The score by Nori Paramore. What else has he done? Hmm. 
I've not heard any of these other. Hmm. Yeah, he died in 79, so I guess we didn't have a chance to see much. Hmm. Paramore and George Martin jointly held the record for having produced the most UK singles. The UK number one hit singles until Martin produced Candle in the Wind 97 for Sir Elton John 18 years after Paramore died. Huh. Best known for his work with Cliff Richards and the, Shadow, and the Shadows, producing and arranging most of their material from the 50s to the 70s. Huh. Oh, okay. Okay. Nori Paramore. So you're giving it an eight? I gave it an eight. I'm going to give it a nine. Whoa! This music slapped, and there was also a lot of cool little music stings in it. Like... Just sudden musical bursts mm. that were really cool um, as scene transitions. So yeah, very, very cool soundtrack. I very much enjoyed it. Nine for me. Nice. And I would listen to that more if I could find it. So. Uh, all right, film rating or Sean rating? Film. Film. You or me? I'll have you go first this time. I'm going to give it a 7.5. Ooh, okay. I liked it. It was a good film. It was very well made, but it was very mean to women. Mm. Um, and that held it back. Uh, from being better, and also it's a bit cheesy for its time, you know, at, at points, so that held it back a little bit, too. But, or cheesy and of its time, excuse me. Um, but I also don't think I'd watch it again. Okay. How about you? What are you going to give it? Uh, I actually gave it a seven. Oh, so you did better than me. Yeah. And you would watch it again. Yeah, I just think I think it's a fine film. It's uh, not perfect, but yeah, I just think it's uh, something about it is uh, I like the uh, the style of it. I think I think the style is um, exciting to me. So mm. so yeah, it's all, but yeah, it's not like it's not the the greatest. Uh, it's it's not it's definitely not my top ten. It's, not my, it's probably not my top twenty. But um, but I I like it. I think I think I think it's a interesting film and uh, uh, of the young, of the young before Bond Connerys. This one's up there, you know, with uh, and Patty O'Gill, of course, too. We love that Patty O'Gill. Darby O'Gill. Darby O'Gill. Pat. He's he's Patty Damien in this. Patty Patty Damien O'Gill. Damien O'Gill. Um, so yeah. Oh, da- oh patio. Oh, oh, patio. Pa- oh, patio furniture. Patio furniture. Patio furniture. There we go. And the dan- the dance teacher in this movie was played by choreograph. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, seven and seven point five. That's not bad. Yeah. All right. Uh, let me go back to that screen. All right. So our average film rating is seven point two five. Now here's the one that. Here's the big one. The big one. Sean rating. You go first, bud. I think Connor is really good in this. I think he he looks great. Um, he 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 seems like he's pretty happy to be there. Um, mm. I, I think he's he's eager. Yeah, it's like it's, he's got energy. He's eager to prove himself. Yeah, this is not this is not big celebrity Sean Connery yet. This is still like, I guess I don't I don't know if he was struggling if he's a struggling starving actor. Um, but I would this assume this is up and coming actor Sean Connery. Yeah, and it's it's before the the 
craziness of of James Bond. Mm. Uh, so I think he's really good in this. So I think I'm going to do Connery. Eight point five. Eight point five from Mario. Mario, I'm gonna up you there, and I'm gonna give him a nine. Woo! I think he is full of vitality in this film. Okay. He's he's eager to prove himself. He's pouring himself into the role. He's doing a good job. Tremendous. I I think he's very good in this film. Nine for me, which gives us an average of eight point seven five. This is definitely like when he's you know shimmying up the pipe there and he almost falls like there's some tense stuff in there mm. and he breaks into the office and it's super bond like and yeah absolutely I, I can see how that led to him getting the role and and him in the the dojo there wearing his uh karate outfit and and working out and in the shower and fighting and yeah he's good he's handsome he's sexy it's he he's clearly gives a shit about coming off as a professional actor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Um, yeah, he's very good in this. I, I, I can see why in this film you can, you can see why he became the famous actor he became because he is giving it his all. You know? Oh, absolutely. If you look here, we like we didn't like him in Action of the Tiger, but that's because of his character. Like he's still pretty good in it as an actor, but like look at his early films. We we love him. Yeah, especially this this range here. He's really given it his his all. So anyway, all okay. right. So those are all our ratings. Let's go through them one more time. Let's do it. So we've got our SH. You gave it a 1. I gave it a 2 for an average of 1.5. We both gave him an 8.5 on the sexy rating and the film as a whole. Uh, Our musical score is an 8.5 average. Our average film score is a 7.25. And our average Sean rating is an 8.75 for a total Sean of 6.9. Nice. Nice. That's not bad. Well done. 6.9 is pretty high. I like it. Yeah, all things considered. All righty. So, uh, yeah, I think that means we tick that one off. And um, <laughs> Well, good night, time. everybody. Oh, no, yeah, no, no. Good night. Oh, yes. No, we can't leave yet. We got we to gotta spin, which I believe is my, my turn this week. I think it is. Uh, Alicia spun last week. Yeah, and I think before that we flipped to get... Uh, of coin, I believe. Yes, we flipped. I and I won the coin flip, and I passed it to you. So technically, it is your turn. Yes. All right. So uh, look at that. Look at how clear the names are at this point. And I was just gonna say the list on the right side. Thirty-two left. Like you, know, I can't scroll anymore. I can't scroll the list anymore. Thirty-two entries remaining. Man, uh, what do you want? What do you want next week? Um, time bandits. Time bandits. I want time bandits. Um, what else? What else could I possibly want? Um, yeah, I want something fun. Time bandits is gonna is gonna be fun. Or Highlander. Ooh, ooh, ooh! Dig this. Um, I invited my sister to join us for Highlander. Ooh, okay. 
because like half of the score. So the score for for Highlander, the musical score itself is done by um, Michael Kamen, who we've heard on this before he did The Next Man. Um, but it's also got music by Queen. Oh. And my sister oh, is yeah. a huge Queen fan. Oh, so. I, I, gotta tell me, I thought you were telling me Michael Jackson had something to do with it. That would be <laughs> hilarious. But oh, hell yeah. I, I can't imagine there's any crossroads between the two of them. Who knows? Yeah. Um, so but, yeah, I want Time Bandits or Red October. Let's see. How about you? What do you want? I think. Oh, and what don't you want? Uh, I know we still have those like those 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 elephants in the room of document one one documentary or two documentaries. Okay, left. yeah. So let's let's address this. We took Unman Nouveau off the list because apparently he's only in it as like he's oh, it's the later. Goldfinger premiere and somebody the one of the main characters takes a picture of him. So we're yep. Thank you. So we're thirty one. So we thirty one. Damn. Thirty one entries remaining. Um, and and we can't find that movie anywhere. I spent a good forty five minutes trying to find anything online where I could yeah. purchase it anywhere. Nothing. So if he's not even acting in this yeah. thing, then it's he's that's, literally not acting. That's not like, worth it. Memories of me was worth it. One because it was a great film, and not saying Unman Nouveau isn't a good film, but Connery is in it as a cameo, but he's acting. Yeah, he said he said a line that was written. Or, and he's putting himself into a character yeah. that he is the character of Sean Connery that knows this man, Abe. Exactly. And has been friends with him for years. And that's not part of Connery's life, so he is technically acting. Whereas if it's just a picture of him at the Goldfinger premiere, he probably didn't even know it was happening. Because it, according to the trivia, it, that was approved by Harry Saltzman. So, And Harry Saltzman, by all accounts, is a crazy man, so... <laughs> Mm. Like yeah, just go sneak up on him. We'll put it in the movie. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, take Unman Nouveau off. Awesome. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see which we don't have to worry about now. Yeah. I don't really want to watch Lilacs in the spring. Okay. Um, but yeah, Hunt for Red October and Time Bandits. Time Bandits. Time Bandits. All what right. do you want? Um, I think after seeing this film, I'm definitely uh, a little Connery curious about The Untouchables. Oh, same. Uh, so that's going to be really cool. Him and De Niro in a movie. That's going to be really cool. Um, there's that. And uh, I don't know why, but a, I want to see League of Extraordinary Gentlemen because I haven't seen it in a very long time. And now having all this knowledge of Sean Connery doing this podcast I'm going to see it differently now. because mm. um, We have a good guest for that one, too. Oh, true, true, true. Yeah, so uh, so yeah, I'm going to say those two for me. Untouchables or Extraordinary Gentlemen. All right, and I'm throwing in Time Lock and Hunt for Red October. All right, well, that being So that's said, a four out of 31 chance for something we're looking for. Oh, man, let's see what happens. Oh, my Lord. I'm, oh, I'm so excited. All right, with that being said... Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for us to spin the Wheel of Curiosity. Oh my God, oh my God. Untouchable. You did it, Mario. I did it. You did it. And we almost hit Lilacs in the Spring, which Thank is the one God. you didn't want to do. 
but because the, they're getting wider and wider, it there's way more chance to like stay yeah. in in the pocket there. So untouchables, man. Uh, I'm nice. very excited about this. Uh, let's let's look it up real quick just to get a quick uh, taste of what we're gonna see in 1987's The Untouchables. Uh, Directed by Brian De Palma, starring Kevin Costner, Charles Martin Smith, Andy Garcia, Robert De Niro, and Sean Connery. Let's wow, De Niro go. and Connery. Wow, this right wow. here. I don't know why it's so pixelated, but this is the fucking coolest picture I've ever seen in my fucking life. This is so oh yeah huh? dope. Look how cool they look. It's oh, Connery yeah. makes them look cool. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know why it's so pixelated, but holy mm. shit, that's like I'm excited to see this dude. Uh, I've I've seen I've seen the clip of um, of De Niro. Connery, Connery won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for this film. Oh man, look at that! This is an award-winning performance. Look at him cheesing. An Oscar-winning performance. Oh my god! There he is. I cannot wait for this. And it's so fitting because we go from one crime film to another noir crime film. Hell yeah. Oh, man, we got wow. as, as a bonus, we got to find the acceptance speech at yeah. the Oscars. And, oh, hold on. If I do say so, we've got a guest for this one. Oh, we do? Yeah. Do, do we announce it or do we wait to confirm? Let's wait. Let's wait. Oh, it'll be a surprise. All right. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited to see this man. This is like a film that I see the um, the scene of like uh, uh, De Niro as Capone, like he's getting a haircut or getting shaved, and there's like a quote, like he's like saying like some off the cuff of like you know like like don't let other people fuck with you or whatever like this like it's like a quote people always put on like online and stuff it's like an inspirational quote from al capone <laughs> uh, but i see that clip all the time so i've so i've seen a lot of that going around um mm -hmm. and uh yeah i've seen a lot of images of of, of connery especially specifically that one of him with the with the rifle uh on his arm uh so yeah i am excited for this man it's gonna be a fun watch also we went from one i said frightened city reminded me a little bit of killers of the flower moon which has robert de niro in it to a film with robert de niro in it. look at those connections i'm in i'm and in man this will be our first both chronologically and connery curious wise um connery film with kevin costner yes we'll get him again in robin hood prince of thieves that's right so, awesome. I'm really looking forward to The Untouchables. This is going to be fun. This is going to be a good one. Hell yeah. But yeah, guys, this was uh, The Frightened City. Uh, I had a blast. This was a, a lot of fun. Uh, we cannot I mean, not, wait. not so much with the movie. The movie was fun, but not really fun. Sure. The being, the being mean to women wasn't really fun. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, so that was The Frightened City uh, next week. Connery will return in the Untouchables, uh, and so will we, and maybe a guest. We will let you guys know. You, you'll find out when the episode comes I out, won't so. you? Uh, yeah. But until then, you're gonna have to stay tuned. Stay tuned. But until then, man, I've been Mario Lima, and I've been Dylan Titus. And as always, folks, stay curious.
You've been listening to Connery Curious, a Titus Compositions and Friggeners Media podcast. Follow us on social media for updates, memes, and clips. Find us on Twitter at CuriousPod007 and on Instagram at Connery Curious. You can also visit Titus Compositions at Titus Compositions to hear other podcasts and original music, watch music videos, or even pick up a great vinyl record. For more discussion and content about your favorite films, comics, games, and network for all things nerdy, visit Friggin' Nerds Media on Twitter, at Friggin' Nerds. You can rate, review, and share the podcast in-app, which helps us grow the show and reach the other curious conneries out there. Thanks for spending time with us, and have a great day, but also remember, stay curious.